0: The Mitchell's Front Page podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11.
1: Now on Mitchell's Front Page, On the Road with Toby Hagan. Morning, Toby. How are you? Morning, Mitchell. Very well, thanks. So problems with the semiconductor shortage. I was actually watching a, a bit of a feature on this and uh, they were saying it's really changed the, uh, the nature of used cars. Apparently used cars are apparently worth a lot more just because of this semiconductor shortage and it's harder to get cars now.
0: Yeah, certainly one of the big factors. I mean, the new car market, uh, a lot of brands are running short on at least some of their models. And uh, as a result, it's made those those used cars, particularly near new used cars, a lot more appealing. So suddenly the prices of those have held up more and in some cases uh, increased Um, And look, it's just getting worse at the moment. I mean, Toyota, which is obviously by far the number one selling brand in Australia, came out late late last week and gave us all a bit of an update on where they're at with their semiconductor shortages. And the short story is most of their models have a delay as a result. They can't order enough of the cars. um, And it's particularly hitting some cars quite badly. So, for example, the RAV4 Hybrid, uh, the weights are out to about 10 months The 70 Series Land Cruiser, that sort of utilitarian one, Um, it has a wait list of almost 10 months, so um, people having to wait a long time for those cars purely because they can't get enough of them into the country, can't produce enough of them over in Japan. Uh, and the, the one that's really going to hurt a lot of people, I think, is the uh, the upcoming 300 Series Land Cruiser. So um, this is the all-new Land Cruiser, the first all-new Land Cruiser in 13 years. And Toyota Australia had said um, that they were hoping to have them into dealerships uh, this week. Um, they will actually have them in dealerships this week, but only dealer demos. So they've got 500 cars in the country at the moment, um, so people can go and look at them and drive them, but uh, they can't necessarily drive one out for probably uh, for a lot of people until next year sometime. So they're saying that um, manufacturing of that new 300 series Land Cruiser won't restart until November. At least the right-hand drive vehicles that we'll be getting in Australia. So um, there's a long wait yet for that car, and it's uh, it's already proving to be an extremely popular car. People, uh, a lot of inquiries being made on that vehicle. And as I said, the, uh, the semiconductor shortage is having people having to wait a bit longer.
1: Is there any relief on the horizon for the semiconductors?
0: Look, everyone seems to think it'll stretch well into next year. Um, no one knows 100%. I mean, obviously, it comes down to uh, the chip manufacturers, the computer chip manufacturers, and when they can start to keep up with demand, not just for vehicles, but for consumer electronics, for all sorts of other things. So it's uh, it's hitting a lot of industries, but certainly the car industry, I guess, is one of the more visible ones that uh, that a lot of people notice. And... Um, uh, I mean, as I said, the feeling it'll be well into next year. You know, some people are forecasting that uh, we may have another 12 months of this. Others are saying that uh, that by some time into next year, you know, sort of in the first half of the year, they expect it to ease up a bit. But short story is we've at least got a few months of it left, um, if not probably a bit longer.
1: Now, a new brand in Australia, it's an offshoot of Volvo, the EV offshoot of that. But they've announced some pricing.
0: Yeah, that's right. Polestar, which is, um, you know, Polestar says it is, only, it is only the second pure play EV brand that is going global. So, the, you know, I guess Tesla being the first one, that's a global brand that only does EVs. And Polestar saying it's the second one on the market. Um, as you say, a bit of an offshoot of Volvo. It, it's sort of a weird structure. Um, Polestar uh, has its headquarters in Sweden. It has very Swedish influence and Volvo influence in terms of the, the design and the features and so on uh but it has manufacturing it is uh the manufacturing for our cars will come out of china um because the company that owns volvo is called geely and that's a chinese brand so um so it sort of has um chinese and swedish heritage in there uh and yeah polestar's come out with the pricing they're saying that uh, they're going to start it before on-road costs, which is exactly the same price as the Tesla Model 3 Standard Range Plus. So, clearly, they've got that Model 3 um, in the crosshairs. They've decided that's the one they want to go for. They're also throwing in five years' worth of uh, free servicing. So, um, uh, the costs, obviously, of running it will be, um, be a fair bit lower. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty compelling offer. It does, doesn't, there are some things it misses out on. So, for example, blind spot monitoring and active cruise control are part of an options pack. Um, also for that money, you're getting a, a single motor version front wheel drive, um, whereas the, uh, the Tesla Model 3 is rear wheel drive. Um, you can step up to an all wheel drive version, uh, and that starts at, um, at about $10,000 more and it's, um, uh, that has a lot more performance. So it's got a heap more go with it, um, but still all that uh, that interesting crossover sort of styling and, as I said, some interesting features and, and design inside.
1: I was talking to the TAC last week about the safest used cars, and they love Volvo. They reckon they're very safe even if you get an older Volvo. I'm um, just wondering, is Polestar seen in the same light as Volvo sort of being the safe brand if it's not quite as cool as maybe some of the other brands, if I can use that term? Yeah, look, certainly
0: Polestar has
1: a lot of its engineering now, particularly
0: the safety side of things, has come from Volvo, so they've used that expertise in-house. Um, you know, I guess they're trying to position the brand as more of a, uh, a technology focused, more of a youth focused brand. So they're, uh, uh, they're, and that's probably part of the reason of having it step out a little bit from the Volvo shadows is to to create a different brand image for that car. So, um, so there's a bit, a few differences going on there. But as I said, you, you can't miss the the similarities. I mean, the other thing I'll have it's going to be. Uh, one of the early cars on the market with Android Automotive as an operating system, so it, it'll have a normal touchscreen in the center of the car, but that touchscreen is completely controlled by Google, so it's all um, Google functionality within it, and um, uh, you know Google Maps embedded and those sorts of things. So it's um, so it's a bit of a different way of thinking about that too. You're also going to have the uh, the Google Assistant there, so you can ask all sorts of um, relevant questions on the run.
1: Now, there's a car coming out next year, and instead of a key, it's got a different way of um, letting people into the car.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, This is the Genesis G60, which is another all-electric SUV. The the feeling is the pricing will start at uh, somewhere in the $90,000 bracket. Genesis is a brand that's owned by Hyundai. Hyundai. And uh, Genesis is um, uh, is uh, trying to make a pretty big play on that electric vehicle space. And as you say, they're going to have a different way of getting into the car. So it's um, it's got a system-based connect. So it's got infra, an infrared camera looking to the side of the car. So when you roll up to the car, it's got facial recognition. Um, you can save up to two people within the car so the the profiles and so on of two people. So I guess a, a couple might be able to, to store their profiles. And what it does is... Not only unlocks the door for you, but then prepares the car. So it does things like the uh, the mirrors and the seats, for example, set up to that person's uh, person's profile. So quite an interesting way of doing it. Um, underneath, it is uh, it, it's pure Hyundai Ionic Five, so it's um, it, it shares all the same electrical architecture of the Hyundai Ionic Five in terms of uh, single motor and dual motor setups. Um, the same uh, same basic battery packs that are also used in the Kia EV6, and um, and that car is going to uh, going to be on sale in the first half of 2022. Uh, as I said, hopefully priced in that uh, that sort of $90,000 bracket.
1: I'm assuming you won't just be able to hold up a photo of the owner of the car and be able to get in?
0: (laughs) Well, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. I would have thought not. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know what happens with smartphones and whether whether you can do that with a smartphone with the facial rec- recognition technology. But um, presumably they would be able to, or they would have thought about that and thought about options in terms of making sure that that can't be done. But to answer your question, I'm not 100%. I didn't have actually gone to that level
1: of detail with it. And uh, Rolls-Royce all-electric by 2030.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Rolls-Royce has come out and... Um, and said that, that by 2030, they won't, won't have any petrol engines in their car, which is a pretty good, uh, a pretty big statement to make from a company that, that has built some of the biggest and most powerful engines in in history. I mean, they, they rely on V8 and V12 engines for their current lineup. Um, their engines, the, the classic Rolls-Royce engine capacity is 6.75 litres. So I'd say uh, it's a fairly sizable engine in the thing. And uh, these days, they use turbochargers as well. So so shifting from that to electricity is a big call. But look, if you think about what Rolls-Royces are trying to do, there arguably is not a brand in the world that is as well-suited to electricity and electric motoring than rolls Royce. I mean, Rolls-Royces are about effortless performance, which an electric motor or electric motors, plural, uh, do very easily. They're about refinement and quietness. And Again, you get that um, on tap with an electric motor. And uh, for the people worrying about, you know, what, what about when I need to go long distances, well, I would suggest that the average Rolls-Royce buyer probably jumps on their private jet or, or at the pointy end mm-hmm. of a plane to uh, to go into states. So they're yes. probably not as, as fussed about that either. So... um so, yeah, I mean, the first car, they're saying the first car will be out in 2023, the first electric car. It's going to be called the Spectre. And, um, and from, as I said, by 2030, every Rolls Royce will be electric
1: only. And finally, uh, talking about Volvo, you've been driving the Volvo XC40 Pure Electric. I have, yeah, and I mean,
0: we touched on Polestar earlier. Um, that Polestar Two and this Volvo XC40 Pure Electric, it has all the same running gear as the dual motor version of the Polestar Two. So it's um, uh, in the in the Volvo XC40, you get two electric motors combined. They make 300 kilowatts of power, which is a fair bit of power. Um, it accelerates 0 to 100 in 4.9 seconds. So seriously brisk. And keep in mind, this is a uh, a compact SUV. It's a um, fairly unassuming little car but decent practicality and so on so it's got um, it's got decent, decent decent space for what is a, a technically a compact SUV um, it's got that Android automotive operating system I touched on earlier so not perfect but um, but it's a different way to operate the car and uh, I think for the money it's actually a pretty good thing I mean it's up around eighty two thousand dollars but as a Performance it is the features you get in, and it's loaded with features from things like panoramic sunroof and um, and a, quite a nice Harman Kardon sound system, those sorts of things. It's got a lot of equipment in it, um, but it's still uh, and it's also relatively affordable to run in terms of the uh, the running cost, servicing costs, and um, and electricity costs and so on. So it's uh, you know it starts to add up when you look at the performance on offer. Not a cheap car, no electric cars are at the moment, but um, but still a reasonable value prospect given what it's offering.
1: Toby, thanks for being on the program we'll talk to you again in two weeks time sounds good thanks Mitchell thank you very much Toby Hagan the editor of evcentral.com.au
0: the Mitchell's front page podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank listen live on 94.7 The Pulse Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11 or search for Mitchell's front page on Facebook Twitter Instagram or wherever you get your podcasts